Welcome to the Dating After Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Shade Curry, and I believe every divorced woman deserves a romantic relationship where she feels safe, loved, and cherished. You can create the most amazing life after divorce, and I will teach you how. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dating After Divorce podcast. I have another story in the Marie Marriage Club series here for you today. Here with me on Zoom, I have Dr. Barbara Katz. She is a physician and life coach, and she's here to tell you about her very exciting Dating After Divorce adventure. Dr. Katz, welcome. Please tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm happy to be here. So anyway, I'm Dr. Barbara Katz, and I actually am a pediatrician doing child abuse right now, child abuse evaluations, but I also am a life coach, and I coach older women mostly on weight loss during or after menopause, but I also do general life coaching, help women to achieve their goals, help with time management, help with relationships, and just help with all sorts of things. Yeah, thank you. And I know when we connected earlier, um, your story was super inspiring to me. A lot of it was because of your age and the fact that you are doing so many incredible things. How old are you as of today? I am 68. 68 years old. Oh my gosh, guys, you are in for a really amazing ride. Dr. Katz is an amazing storyteller. So I am just going to turn it over to you <laughs> and have you start at the beginning. And what I had written down was you met your ex in high school. You both uh, high school and you both went to medical school. You were married 40 years. Could you just go ahead and tell us how it all played out? Okay. So anyway, my ex and I started dating. Actually, we didn't date till after high school, but we became friends uh, senior year of high school. And we started dating in college and went to medical school together and had a practice together for many years. And uh, we're actually married for 43 years, have two grown children and three grandchildren, and uh, basically had what they call now a gray divorce. Mm -hmm. We had somehow grown apart. We had different interests, but we always were very good friends. And it was actually an amicable divorce. Mm -hmm. And we are still friends. So we managed to divorce in a way that why it surprised everyone who knew us, including our children, we managed to divorce in a way that we both came away feeling okay about it. It wasn't something that I was looking for. But, mm -hmm. uh, but I was able to move on. And so today I'm actually going to be talking more about that. Uh, but I will say that it helped to feel that even though I did not really want to be a divorcee, I certainly mm -hmm. wasn't expecting it. I was expecting to be married for 50 years at least. Like mm -hmm. my parents are now in their 90s and got married after knowing each other for three months. And so they've been married now for 71 or 72 years. Wow. So, you know, I expected something like that. So it was certainly a change in my life that I wasn't expecting, wasn't looking for, but I'm an optimistic type person. And I decided I was going to move forward. I had a lot of life to live. 
I was okay financially where I was very lucky. And therefore, I decided I was going to go on to a different chapter, which wasn't how I thought it would be, but still had to go out. How old were you when you got divorced? I was, I'm going to say 60. I was, the divorce was final in 2018. So So it's 63, maybe. Yeah, thereabouts. He was 63 years old. And I, I want to highlight that because I work with women who are divorcing. They're mostly in their late 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like my, my life is over. I've wasted my best years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hadn't dated. Yeah. Well, I hadn't dated, you know, anyone since college. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was there and I knew I would be okay myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I was... I've always worked. I've always been a person who has been comfortable doing things. I'm not really ultra outgoing, but I still felt like I would be okay. So that part financially, I was okay. Uh, But still, you know, I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to and needed to make some new friends. Mm -hmm. I was interested maybe in dating again. I wasn't thinking about in terms of remarriage and in terms of full disclosure, I did not get remarried. I don't know mm-hmm. if I ever will, but I am in a very good, stable relationship right now. But so I did know divorce, that, it, yeah, you felt like, like just, just that in between period, did you feel, you know, and I know you said you were pretty optimistic. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, oh no, I just, I think I'd just rather be alone. Or were you always like, no, this is fine. This was a good run. And I think I'd like to do it again. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to get remarried. I was open to having another relationship, but it wasn't like I felt like I had to have one. So I didn't go out there thinking I want to date. I need to have someone else. Uh, I had not, I don't think I had ever lived alone actually, Mm. because from, I went to college and then I got married and then I went to med school and I got married in med school. So I never actually had lived alone. And uh, I didn't mind living alone. I lived alone for a while and it was okay. And I felt like if I needed to, I certainly could. And I made friends who were single, happy people, but I was also open to a new relationship as well. Right. You said, so earlier you said that you didn't have a lot of um, single friends. So after the divorce, most of your friends were married and then you decided to meet new people on purpose. Could you tell us what that was like? So, uh, I started basically, you know, Google is my friend. I started Googling things like uh, divorce and older women. Uh, I first heard the term gray divorce. Mm -hmm. I started Googling things like older women, people dating. uh, Mm -hmm. Because again, I didn't know a lot of people my age who were single, let alone people who were dating. And I found out through just... Google, basically, I found out about things like meetups, which I really didn't know about when I had been married, but I found out there were meetups and I was lucky meetups that that were near me. There were meetups for single people. There were meetups that just did things like hiking, which I like and bicycling, which I like, and there Mm -hmm. were book clubs. And so I ended up joining some meetups and I started again, I'm not really an extrovert. So I started going to some small events, like a book club Mm -hmm. at someone's house. I went to a breakfast that I think they had a maximum of like 15 people, things where I could actually meet people. And I started Mm -hmm. to meet some other 
single people just to do things. So at that point, I wasn't looking to date. You know, let's increase my group of friends. Let's find some new friends kind of thing. And I started meeting a whole bunch of people who had who lived near me, but I had not known before. Mm-hmm. And then I joined a Facebook group that was, I think, women 40 or 45 and older who were divorced or divorcing. And I actually became friendly with some people who lived in my area through that. Just people who I would meet for dinner and things. Uh, And I started listening to podcasts. I had never listened to podcasts before then. And I started listening to dating podcasts. (laughs) Again, not knowing anything about online dating. My daughter had met her husband through Match. And she had met previous boyfriends through online dating. So she and my brother had actually met uh, his wife on online dating too, oh, but I nice. had no experience with online dating. So you, so, you guys have like what, so yeah. you guys have the magic touch, like online dating works for your family. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I guess so. So, you know, I started uh, looking at some of the online dating sites, listening to lots of dating podcasts from different people. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I started actually just seeing what it was like. And I was had nowhere, yeah. didn't know where to start, but I did it anyway. And what uh, was your first date like? The first person you went on a okay. live in-person date with? Okay. Actually, that was interesting because the first one was actually not from a dating site. It was someone who actually connected from a, my old, there was a Facebook community of like my old community where I grew up. And it was someone mm-hmm. who I had actually gone to grade school with or high school with, mm-hmm. uh, had not seen him in many years. He had contacted me and uh, that was actually my first date. Uh, so that actually was kind of happened out of almost thin air. It wasn't someone I, who I kept in contact with. And um, how did it go? We, we actually, it went fine, but uh, it turned out he actually was still married. So that was did nice. not find her. <laughs> but, but, the, but the date, yeah, but the date part itself went fine and it gave me confidence. Just, right. you know, the fact that there were people out there. So it was a good experience as a date went, but, mm-hmm. you know, it also said to me, you got to be a little more careful. So, <laughs> right. Like maybe checking things out. What, I mean, and I, and I, and I get that. I know sometimes the fact that a person is networked in or is in your network. Mm-hmm has us putting our guards down and thinking that everyone in our network is appropriate. I also experienced that where I dated someone who was an old high school friend and thought, oh, he's networked in, we're compatible. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to not be be the case at all. So really our standards have to be, we have to keep those standards up, whether we meet them online or we meet them offline. And I think the other issue was at that point, I was separated. I wasn't divorced. And Mm -hmm. uh, my ex had, I mean, he had, he had started a relationship with a person who he now lives with why we were still married, but he didn't really like date her till after we became separated. So I kind of thought this other guy was doing the same thing, but he actually really wasn't. So yeah, mm. had my guard down. I learned some things and I learned about, you know, things like catfishing and some of the terms that people use, which I didn't know, but yeah. it was still, it was nice to actually have a nice date that happened with someone who I sort of knew uh, mm-hmm. relatively soon after the separation, just to give me confidence. Yeah. And then I, you know, listening to podcasts and things, and I actually joined a, I 
I joined one of these dating coach things, uh, mm-hmm. Jen Burton's thing on mantourage dating. And don't ask me why I did that, because I don't <laughs> think at any point she kind of advocated, you know, date kind of seriously, like at least three people at a time. I don't think I ever had three people I was dating at one time. But anyway, I joined that and she was really helpful. She helped me both get a good uh, dating profile. Mm-hmm. And she also somehow, I don't remember how, but I heard about doing bourgeois photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, she encouraged that just for a kind of self-confidence thing. And at that time, I was probably 40 pounds overweight. But mm-hmm. I actually found someone who did bourgeois photos. I didn't know anyone who had ever done that personally, yeah. or at least whoever talked about it. And I went and I found some sexy lingerie. That was fun, too, because I found a place near me. And the person who ran the store was a grandmother type. She was in her 70s. So that was kind of neat. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This second half of life business sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) It it was great. So I went and I spent a whole day and they did, you know, my hair. They did makeup. They had me wearing, I almost never wear heels. And they put me in like four inch heels, which I couldn't even stand in. But uh, it was, it was just a lot of fun. And I did the boudoir photos. With the boudoir photos. Uh, They're mostly in a drawer right now. But just the fact I did it and it was an experience. Has uh, your partner seen I, them? No. I um I have one on the wall, but that one I'm actually wearing clothes in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just curious. <laughs> so he you could start- see them if he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so you so you 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 did these things to kind of build up your confidence. You were online dating. Um how did you feel about the, the dating process, Just being on the app and mm-hmm. swiping and conversing? What was that experience like for you? Okay, well, I did, uh, I did several of them, uh, both paid and free. I never did anything like Bumble or the ones where the woman picks. I'm not sure why, but I didn't. So mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting. I mean, there was a lot of stuff there that I just instinctively didn't pay attention to. And I started Mm -hmm. learning about scammers. So kind of if a guy was gorgeous and stationed overseas and was a widower, (laughs) I automatically, if he was in a, if he was in a military uniform, you're like, "Mm, yes, yes. Yes. Automatically. I, I didn't converse with them. Uh, but there were quite a few people who I started talking with. Um, and Fairly quickly, I decided that if a person couldn't write a coherent sentence, I really Mm -hmm. wasn't in the conversation. So they didn't have to be a great speller, but they had to be able to write okay. And so that was just a criteria I set up. Now, I had certain dating criteria. Some of them I went by. Some of them I didn't. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I did, you know, I kind of, the only people, the only dating site that I did not have any luck with was JDate which, you know, was for supposedly Jewish guys. That's, that's the only dating site I never actually went out on a date or met anyone who was even promising. But the other sites, so are you, I think are you're I dated, Jewish. Yeah, I am so you're Jewish. Jewish you're basically... on the Jewish side and you can't meet anyone. <laughs> no. And I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily looking for someone who was Jewish, but mm-hmm. if they weren't Jewish, they had to be kind of not really religious. Right. So they didn't have but to then, be I... strong religiously oriented. Yeah. And I, and I highlight that just because like women tend to think, at least my listeners tend to think, oh, there's a, there's a magic app 
that like works <laughs> for everyone, right? And there really isn't. Right. You know, it's sort of this general open market kind of thing. And you have mm-hmm. to go in and see what you find and hold your standards, have your standards, have your ideals and look until you find that person. And I, I sense that a lot of women, like you seemed like you were just pretty open. I'll see what happens. And they feel like almost like the apps are attacking them <laughs> when they don't find that person right away. And there's a lot of anger at the apps. Mm-hmm. The apps don't work. The apps are terrible. But I hear you having the same experience as everyone. There are some scammers. There are some weirdos. There are some catfishers. But you didn't let any of that phase you. What was it about no. the way you were thinking that you know helped you there? Somewhere, and I don't remember where, I had heard that you needed to date at least 30 people before you met someone. So I kind of had that 30 number in my mind. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I figured, and again, I was being somewhat picky. So uh, not necessarily really picky as far as how a person looked, but they, again, they had to be able to speak a certain way. They had to Mm -hmm. sound reasonable. I decided they had to live within two hours of where I lived. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I had certain criteria. They weren't necessarily my ideal person, but I had certain criteria. And uh, then, you know, and there would be people, some of them I actually talked to online for several months and never met for a variety of reasons also. But, uh, you know, I usually would be doing two different dating sites at a time, but I tried several of them. you know, I did Match, Harmony, um, Our Time, which is actually the one that I met my boyfriend on. Um, That's one of the ones I, I recommend yeah. for my older ladies now. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there are scammers on there as well. And sure. uh, yeah. I think I tried Silver something or other. and Silver I, Singles. I yeah. Yeah. Silver Singles I tried. There was another one that was free mostly. I can't remember, but I dated someone from there for a while. I can't remember mm-hmm. what that one is now. Uh I tried a variety of them. And again, I usually met one or two people on each site who I would end up having anywhere from one to five dates with before, you know, either I decide or they decided that it wasn't going to work. So, so it sounds like having that number 30 to shoot for helped you stay unattached. Like you were just like, you didn't latch onto anyone as like, Oh, this Mm -hmm. is the one you just kind of, let's see how Mm -hmm. it goes. I know for me, when I was dating, my number was really closer to a hundred. I was just like, I really didn't expect to meet anyone in the city that I was living in. I had kind of written off my city. So I was mm-hmm. dating just to like practice and meet people. And I was like, I'm getting ready to move in a year. And when I move, then I'll meet someone, you know, in a more diverse area. And I just kept dating one after the other. For me, it was like a hundred. So the number was so far away that I didn't even think about it. I was just, I'm just going to keep dating. There's somebody out there for me. Do you wonder exactly how divorced women just like you are meeting eligible men who want a real relationship and a commitment? They're doing it by dating with their core values. Your core values are the GPS that lead you to the partner you've been looking for. When you use your core values on dating apps, text messages, and at social events, you will easily connect with your true match partner without chasing, settling, or wasting time with non-committal men. I have taught exactly how to do this in the two-hour Core Values Dating Blueprint course available on my website, shadecurry.com forward slash dating. That's S-A-D-E-C-U-R-R-Y dot com 
forward slash dating. You will learn exactly how to identify your core values and use them on your dating profile, how to ask the right questions via text, and how to tell the right stories on dates so that you attract the right people and repel those who aren't right for you. If you're ready to meet your true match, hop over to shadecurry.com forward slash dating or click the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. And I think partly by doing Jen Verdon's program of, you know, date more than one person at a time. Don't just get serious with the first person you date, have fun. And so I kind of looked at it a lot like that of, you know, basically it's fun. I'm meeting new people. Mm -hmm. I actually met some people in meetups who I dated. Again, I wasn't doing the meetups specifically to meet people to date, but just generically doing some of the activities that the meetups I belong to. Yeah. I met people who ended up going out with several times as well. Awesome. That's really great. So let's get to the good part. How did you meet <laughs> your partner? And you, you said you've been together now three years. Yeah, it's going to be three years, probably this week, I guess. Oh, uh, awesome. Well, I met my husband this week, four yeah. years ago. Uh, our meet-aversary is on the 24th <laughs> of February. So that's yeah. very serendipitous. Okay, so how did you meet him? Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, it was, again, I don't remember exactly what drew him to me other than, you know, he wrote a decent sentence. He didn't live too far away. He sounded educated, uh, sounded like a nice guy. So we actually, our first date was at the Starbucks in the Barnes and Noble. We both were readers. So the fact Mm -hmm. that we were meeting in a bookstore was a good sign for me. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, I remember, you know, I was sort of sitting down. He went to get, I guess, coffee or mochas and he put something down that I thought was mine. I put sugar in it. It turned out I put sugar in his mocha, which (laughs) was not not a good start. But uh, Mm -hmm. in spite of that, you know, it was a fine date. I mean, it wasn't anything where I heard bells ringing or anything. It was a fine date enough to do another one. I think our second date was to the Philadelphia Flower Show. Mm. which was really fun where, you know, we basically spent the whole day together and, uh, you know, fairly shortly by probably our third or fourth date, we both had decided that we just wanted to date each other. Yeah. So what was, were you, what was on your happened. mind? What drew, what drew you to him? Like when you spent those three or four dates with him, what made you think, Oh, I'm ready mm. to drop. Uh, well, I know some people call you called it a mantarage. Some people call it the circle mm-hmm. of guys. I think uh, there's another term for it, which is circular dating. Mm-hmm. What made you think, oh, I'm dropping all these other guys for this guy? He was just a really nice guy. He kind of checked all the important things for me. You know, mm-hmm. I had certain things that were more important and less important, but he hid all the important things. And Do you mind so, sharing what those things were? What, what were you looking uh, for? Okay. Well, I think the first thing is, um, you know, they had to be educated that was important to me they didn't necessarily have to have an advanced degree but they had Mm -hmm. to have some degree of education uh they had to be able to deal with a woman who was a physician which not everyone can Mm -hmm. they had to be uh somewhere around my age I didn't want someone who was a lot younger or a lot older than me had to be in you know decent health I had to like how they looked uh, they had to be financially okay. I think mm. one of the people I had dated shortly before I met 
him, was great online, was a wonderful writer. Turned out this person was almost homeless. Mm. And so, you know, that to me was a, yeah. was a big problem. So they had to be financially okay. Uh, and he was just a really nice, kind person. And he didn't have a whole lot of obvious baggage. Right. You know, some people on the dates, they're just talking about their exes all the time. Or And it turned out he was actually a widower, but still... Mm you know, he was, he was moving forwards as well, which, which attracted me. Yeah. And, uh, he just, he just was like a really kind person, I think. And he still is. And he's always thinking about other people, what he could do. Oh, and he loved dogs. That was very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's kind of a deal breaker. If you have pets, if you like animals. Yeah. I had, I had two dogs and my, one of my big copies is dog training. And so that was very important to me. And like you said, kindness. And I've heard that over and over as I've interviewed women who are happily repartnered or happily remarried. Is that just that and you, it's, you cannot fake kindness. You can't fake it. You can, you can fake the moment of doing something nice for someone or doing something romantic for someone. But kindness is like you, you can't fake it. And I think we, we all need to have that on our list. <laughs> Of, mm-hmm. We're going to look mm-hmm. for someone who's kind and shows kindness all the time. Yeah, and I don't know that it was actually specifically on my. It was one of the first things that I noticed about him, and it's mm-hmm. still still true to this day. And uh, you know, yeah. again, the dogs were important to me. Uh, there was one person I dated for a while that ended up. That was the reason we broke up because he decided that he couldn't deal with dogs. <laughs> Deal breaker. Right? Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, so how you said you have two grown kids. How have they handled, you know, <laughs> mom and dad, I guess, dating again? Yeah. Well, because when uh, we separated, my ex essentially already had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They were they were kind of very supportive of me from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all like my partner and they've they've dealt with things okay I mean it took a time it took a while for everyone Mm -hmm. to get used to the new normal but I mean even after I separated my ex and I went on two big trips together including one where we actually visited our son and his family out in Colorado this was Mm -hmm. when the eclipse was going on we were going to Wyoming so uh because we were doing okay together. I think that helped them to adjust. Yeah, that's huge. I think a lot of times, and I I tell my clients, listen, when you're okay, your kids will be okay. Because sometimes they're trying so hard to get the kids okay, but they're doing it from this place of high anxiety and a lot of shame and a lot of pain of their own. (laughs) And I'm like, can't, Mm -hmm. can't, you got to put your own gas mask on first before you can help your children. That's yeah. Awesome. So they, I think they're happy that, you know, I'm okay. Uh, you know, my parents are still alive. I think again, they're happy that I'm okay. I know my parents who are more on the old fashioned type. I think they're very happy that I have a partner. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think they would have been as happy if I was living alone, but I didn't do it for them. <laughs> right. Know? Right. And, and sometimes, yeah. you know, parents just want you to be happy. <laughs> so to mm-hmm. them being alone probably looks like you're unhappy, even if you, cause I know you were very happy single. <laughs> they mm-hmm. probably didn't believe you when you said you were fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I definitely, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I did, 
I traveled when I was single. I found, I did mm-hmm. want to travel myself, but I found some groups that are women who travel together mm. just for women. Some of them are single, some of them are married or partnered, but for whatever reason, the person they're with doesn't want to travel or can't travel. And uh, I may still go on some trips with them at some point, you know, but, yeah. oh, and that's the other thing. I wanted someone who hopefully liked to travel because I like to travel. So yeah, that wouldn't have been a deal breaker as long as I could travel though. Yeah. Right. So now given that you were married so long, the first time, 43 years, and now you've been repartnered three years. Mm-hmm. And I know you can't compare the two because you had very different experiences the first time. You right. had kids, you raised kids, you built a practice. And you don't have to answer this if it's not comfortable. Like, but do you feel like your partner is more compatible with you than your ex-husband? Or is there are they just completely different experiences? I think they're very different experiences. I mean, my ex and I, again, even after we decide to separate, we still live together for about six months after that. Mm-hmm. Not only did we live together, but I mean, we cooked together. We did some things together. We traveled. We took two big trips. We went mm-hmm. to Egypt and we did this big driving trip around the uh, kind of Wyoming area and things. So, uh, so for different- you, it was more of a... Just to change the next phase rather than this yeah, break yeah. in a journey or this devastating thing that happened. Yeah, again, it wasn't what I planned, but, you know, or I guess we saw uh, my ex and I saw a marriage therapist either two or three times. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he said, which at the time I didn't necessarily agree with, but now I see, as he said, you know, sometimes you've just reached the end, mm-hmm. you know, relationship just the chapters ended kind of thing that nothing necessarily has gone wrong as much as it's time for something new or different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, in this case, I can totally see that because, uh, and as you know, our life expectancy is just probably way, (laughs) way longer Mm -hmm. than um, when, you know, people were marriage as it looks today was designed, right? Like Mm -hmm. marriage, way back was designed differently. People married multiple people. It was like a whole different ball game way back then. But <laughs> in the recent history where marriage is this one man, one woman scenario, we've also increased our life expectancy maybe by like 20, 30 years. Right. And it makes sense that something like this could happen. And are we really meant to be with just one person for 50, 60, 70 years? Right. <laughs> so many questions with just one person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of things do bear investigating whether on whatever we choose. Like I am a, you know, my husband, I, I hope my husband and I stay together forever, but I don't want to assume that I know everything or that the way it is, quote unquote, is, is the way it right. is, right? For everybody else or for the world, just because that's the way we think it's always been. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and being mm-hmm. so open and just really being an inspiration to those who are your age and those of us who are younger. And we can see that, oh my gosh, there's just so much more life to live and so many more <laughs> adventures that we can have. Um, what advice would you give to women who are currently dating on the apps? Pretty much the main advice would be have fun. Don't go on any date thinking this is a person you are going to marry or live with forever, that they are necessarily the one. Just look at it as you're meeting new people, even if this person isn't the one. They may have a friend. They may have a cousin. They may have a brother. Mm-hmm. People know people. 
use it as experience and uh, have a good time. But, you know, whatever you do, be true to yourself. You know, don't become another person for someone else. And I think it's useful. And I've always told my kids this as well. Be able to support yourself in some way. Don't Mm. rely on someone else to be everything for you. Uh, If you don't have job skills, get some job skills. Mm-hmm. You know, find a way that you can be okay, whether you're yourself or partnered. Wonderful. Dr. Katz, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Could you please tell the listeners again what you do and where they can find you? <laughs> so I coach older women on weight loss and also general life coaching with how to achieve goals or manage whatever kinds of concerns that they might have. You can reach me either through my website at www.barbaralcats.com or you can, I also have a private Facebook group called Weight Loss and Menopause and you can ask to friend me and I will be happy to have you join the group. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And everyone listening, all of those links will be in the show notes for this episode. (laughs) So follow Dr. Katz. She is a shining light, and I know you will adore getting to know her. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time and attention, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you are ready to get married after divorce, I want to invite you to download my free eight-video training specifically designed to help divorced women date with ease and get married again. Head over to shadecurry.com to get started. That's S-A-D-E-C-U-R-R-Y.com. I'll see you inside.